Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Ditch Decade Diets Podcast. I am your host, Lorna Perozo, certified food freedom coach and founder of the Ditch Decade Diets Academy. I've spent 10 years in an unhealthy relationship with food, binge eating, over-exercising, and feeling insecure in my body. This podcast is all about helping you get to the root of your food struggles and teaching you how to rewire your brain so you can end binge eating. If you're ready to improve your relationship with food and cultivate more self-love towards yourself and your health, this is the podcast for you. So let's get to it and jump right in. Hello, everybody. Welcome. How are we doing today? I'm going to be talking about trigger foods. And hi, Nora. What's up? I'm going to be talking about trigger foods, and I'm going to be sharing the three biggest mistakes that you are making when it comes to trigger foods. Okay. So I'm super excited. If you guys are watching right now, I'd love for you to drop in the chat box what foods are typically triggering for you. What are your trigger foods? Let me know in the chat box, what are your trigger foods? So in the past, in the past, my trigger foods used to be obviously chocolate, anything like sweets, chocolate, um, also protein bars, because I was like, oh, I shouldn't have chocolate. So then I thought like protein bars were so much healthier. So then I would like literally just binge on freaking protein bars. Um, cookies. Yes. Um, what other ones? Nuts, like cashews and pistachios. Like I could literally like, especially like the ones in like a container with, um, like salt, like the salt, it's like, um, it's like coated in salt or whatever. I'm like, oh my gosh, I could literally eat an entire like container of nuts myself and then just feel so sick. Um, crackers and cheese. Yep, totally, totally. Um, so let me know if you're just popping on, let me know what your trigger foods are um, in the comments. So I wanna share the three biggest mistakes that you are probably making with trigger foods. Now, the first one, the first mistake that you are making when it comes to your trigger foods is that, yeah, chocolate, I feel like that's honestly so common, like chocolate cookies, ice cream, a lot of my clients say ice cream. Um, so the first mistake you're making with trigger foods is that you are keeping trigger foods out of the house. How many of you guys right now, let me know, are you trying to keep trigger foods out of the house? Let me know in, in the chat box, are you trying to keep trigger foods out of the house? Debbie says, is binge eating the same as emotional eating? No. So emotional eating is more so like, I had a stressful day and I don't know how to process my emotions. So I'm going to turn to food to try to help me feel better. Now that's what happens when you binge. But binge eating is more so, it is typically done in secret. And binge eating is like out of body experience. Think like eating super fast, standing up when you're home alone, um, no control. Now you can feel those feelings when you're emotionally eating, but it's almost like when it comes to emotional eating, you might be like sitting on the couch, having a tub of ice cream, 
And you're not like standing in front of your kitchen, like eating super fast, but like, you're like, I'm not hungry. I just don't want to feel the stress from today. I need to self soup. Now, if you don't work on the emotional eating, it can 1000% turn. Yeah. Debbie, you're just reading my mind. Okay. Yes. I was just going to say, if you don't tackle the emotional eating, then what ends up happening is because you keep emotionally eating over and over again, then that becomes a habit in the brain and therefore it can exaggerate and turn into binge eating. Yeah. Okay, you guys. So let me know, are you trying to keep trigger foods out of the house? I try, I try to, but then I buy them once in a while. I haven't bought crackers in months. Yeah. Okay. So this is the biggest mistake. The first mistake, you are keeping trigger foods out of the house. And some people might say like, but Lorna, as soon as I bring it into the house, I binge. And you know why you binge when you bring it in the house? Because you haven't had it in so long. Because you're actually not allowing yourself to have it. If you, if you are trying to make peace with Oreos, but you never buy Oreos, the moment you have Oreos in the house is the moment you're going to want them all. Think about like little kids. This, this came, came to my mind. Think about little kids on Christmas. It's like one day per year that they get to wake up early. Santa's coming. All the presents are there. Like they are so excited for that day. Like the night before they're like getting super excited. They wake up at like five in the morning. They're like, oh my gosh, can't wait to open presents. You feel the exact same way when you haven't had cookies or Oreos or chocolate in a really long time. And the moment you have it, you're like a little kid on Christmas. You're like fantasizing about them. You're dreaming about them. You're like thinking about like how good it's going to taste. Like you're waiting for this moment. And if you're a little kid on Christmas and you're super excited, you're not going to just want to open one gift and be like, that's it. Just like, you're not going to just want to have one Oreo. You're going to want to have the entire box of Oreos because like, it's a big deal. You haven't had them in so long. Is this making sense? So that is the first reason. And you guys, the thing is, so this is the thing. Everyone says that if I do buy them, then I keep buying them and I can't stop eating them. But th then that, that cycle is going to repeat itself. Unless you actually make peace with those foods. If you don't do the work to heal your relationship with those foods, it's always going to be triggering. If you avoid the trigger, it's always going to be triggering. And people say, yeah, but if I buy them, then I keep eating them. Right? So then you 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 avoid it. But then you avoid it and and like you even said um I try to keep them out of the house, but then I buy them. So then it's like then you buy them again. And then you binge because you haven't had them in a long time and they're still like, they're still like a bad food. It's a vicious cycle. Exactly. It's like, oh, just finish all the Oreos and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw them out and I'm never going to buy them. So then you keep them out of the house. You don't buy them. Then you're deprived and then you bring them back in and then you binge all of those things. Okay. So you have to heal your relationship with these foods. You have to actually allow yourself to have these foods. And that's the scary part for a lot of people. It's like, Lauren, if I allow myself Oreos, I'm just going to binge on them. But 
the thing is there's, there's, there's a lot more involved. You got to take that food off a pedestal. You got to stop seeing it as a bad food. You got to actually um, heal your relationship with these foods, right? Remind yourself that you're not bad or wrong for eating these foods. And if I told you right now that you can have Oreos today, tomorrow, the next day, the next week after you can literally have Oreos after every single meal, you would not want to do that because you would not feel good. Right? So it's like when you actually allow yourself to have them, it's like, wait, do I even want them? So this happened with me with almond butter. Almond butter used to be a huge trigger food for me, like a huge, huge, huge trigger food for me. And no matter what I would eat until I was so physically sick. And I'm like, no more almond butter. And then what ended up happening is like, I actually allowed myself to have them, to have almond butter. And I literally had it like with my breakfast on top of my oatmeal. And then I would have it on toast. And then I would have it with my pancakes. And then I would have it with dates and almond butter. By the way, that's such a good combination. And then I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't want this anymore. Like now, obviously I eat almond butter regularly, but it got to a point where it's like, because I allowed myself to have it, I'm like, okay, like I don't really need it. Right. That's like, if you are with your husband or your partner every single day, right. It's like, okay, I need, I need my space unless you're like me. Cause I can just be with my husband from the time that I wake up until the time that I go to bed. But most couples, it's like if you're with them all freaking day, it's like, okay, we just need our alone time, right? So if you actually spend time with that food and you allow yourself to have it, it's like, okay, I know, I know I can have you. Okay, I know. Now I'm just gonna, I don't really need you like every single day, right? We need a little separation. That makes sense, okay? So that's the first mistake, keeping trigger foods out of the house. We gotta cut that. Okay. Now the second mistake though, is going to the grocery store and buying 10 million of your different trigger foods. That that's not going to work either. I, when I say allow yourself to have the Oreos or the cookies, I am not saying go to the grocery store and pick up five box of Oreos and three tubs of ice cream and seven different chocolates, that's a free-for-all. That's not intuitive eating. That's a, literally just a free-for-all. That's like a planned binge. So you want to allow yourself to have the Oreos or the chocolate or whatever, but this does not mean have it be a free-for-all. On a Friday night, I'm going to go buy seven tubs of ice cream and things of chocolate that's going to set you up for a binge, of course. So you have to do things step by step. Maybe you start with one food. Maybe you start with, maybe you just start with Oreos. Maybe you just start with cookies, right? And then once you actually allow yourself, when you actually allow yourself to have this food and then you, you expose yourself to that food and then you start to build self-trust, then what happens in the brain? It's like, oh, okay, I can do it with cookies. Now let me try to add in a different food. Because like before, when I was on my healing journey, <laughs> I did this completely backwards. And I like went to the grocery store and I put, bought all of these different trigger foods. And it was like, that's all I had in the house. And it's like, I just felt like garbage. So 
allow yourself to have the foods, but that doesn't mean a free for all, have it for breakfast, snack, lunch, and dinner, because technically you quote unquote tan, you're not going to feel good. Okay. So that is the second mistake that I see people making. It's like, there's no boundaries. It's just like you're treating intuitive eating like a free for all. Okay. Now the third mistake, the third mistake that I see people make, people make when it comes to trigger foods is you are calling them trigger foods. Now, obviously for the context of this, I'm saying trigger foods because I, I know you guys understand that. But the moment you tell yourself that something is triggering is the moment that in your brain, you've, you've created this association that Oreos are triggering. So every time you eat the Oreo, you're literally telling yourself that it's triggering. It's going to trigger a binge. You are literally telling yourself that you're going to binge before you even go and have it. Pizza is so triggering for me. Every single time I have pizza, it's so triggering. So then you eat the pizza and no matter what, it sends you into a binge because you're literally telling yourself that this is a trigger food. Let's eliminate the word trigger. Who here is committed to erasing the word trigger from your vocabulary? Drop a yes in the chat box if you are committed to saying no more to that word. No more, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna call a food trigger food. I'm just going to state the fact. I had an Oreo. I had pizza. I had chocolate. Right? Nora's mind blown. She's like, this is so good. You are so right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is it. I'll answer your question in a second, Deb. So this is this is what it is. Because like I used to... I used to, you guys know my chocolate chip pancake story. Oh my God. And it's actually so funny. So chocolate chip pancakes used to be the biggest trigger food for me. And I've had, I made chocolate chip pancakes for my husband and I, uh, Tuesday, I think it was Tuesday. And then I just made myself one today. Cause that's all I felt like. But in the past, it was always a trigger food. So when I would make myself chocolate chip pancakes, it was like a stack, like this freaking big. And I would eat until I was physically sick. Now I made like one little pancake and I was like, yeah, I'm good. Right? Because I did all of these steps. I healed my relationship with them. I stopped seeing them as bad. Right? I didn't, I, I allowed myself to have them. Right? Because I can't make peace with the food if I don't allow myself to have them. Okay? Um, do you think there's any correlation to wanting to snack when sitting on the couch? since I usually snack there, 1,000%. The brain creates these associations. Netflix, snack. Couch, binge food, 1,000%. And even like, because um, I work with one of my clients inside of the Ditch Decade Diets Academy, and she would always binge at night. And she literally has her chair that she sits in, and that is like her binge chair. So when her kids and her partner, her husband goes to bed, she sits on that couch and it's like her brain already is like, this is my binge chair. You know, all the kids are going to bed. The husband's not here. Like, this is my time. And then you create that association 1000%. And you guys hear me talk about this all the time that like binge eating is a habit in the brain. This is why I always talk about rewiring your brain. 
You need to learn how to rewire your brain because with everything that I talked about today, rewire your thoughts around trigger foods, rewire your associations with certain foods, rewire how you feel about the Oreos, about the chocolate. You got to rewire your behaviors around food. You got to rewire your environment, the different associations late at night, right? When I'm home alone, right? So this is why I, I will forever talk about rewiring the brain. We can't, we can't skip that step. You got to rewire your brain. You got to make peace with food. You got to rewire your thoughts, rewire your behaviors around food, rewire your, your feelings, how you feel around certain foods, because two people can eat Oreos and one person eats the Oreo and they just move on with their day because they don't feel a negative association with that food. They don't get into the screw it mentality, the all or nothing mentality after eating a few Oreos. And they're not like, oh my gosh, I ruined the whole day. And they have that entire box versus somebody else who feels like they're doing a bad job that feels that um, like I did something bad today. And then it's like, well, might as well just eat the whole container. Okay. How can I... Hi, Andrea. That's my sister's name. What a beautiful name. Um, how can I stop feeling guilty when I eat my cravings? Well, here's the thing. When you honor your cravings, they don't turn into binge urges. So how I, how I started allowing myself to not feel guilty when honoring my cravings was if I don't honor my cravings, I'm going to binge on them tonight. So I found it actually like I was doing myself a disservice when I wasn't honoring my cravings. So I was like, I, I'm actually going to be so proud of myself instead of feeling guilty. I'm going to be so proud of myself when I am actually honoring what I'm craving, because then I won't binge on it later. So I would, I think you just really got to shift your, your perspective on that. And I know it's scary because you know, diet culture tells you don't honor your cravings. Cravings are bad. Just drink water, you know, make sure you make yourself a green tea, like don't honor your cravings. So then again, going back to the rewiring of the brain, we got to rewire these, these toxic diet culture thoughts that have been programmed into your brain. So instead of seeing cravings as bad, what if you start seeing cravings as literally the thing that could prevent a binge? Okay. My other issue is that since I started to work out, I use it as an excuse to over snack at night. Yeah. And, and I mean, this is where we have to see working out not as punishment for what we've eaten or not as like a reward, like, oh, because I burned X amount of calories, now I get a snack. Like, we're not like, we're not dogs where it's like, oh, you get a treat because like you did a trick or whatever, or like you ran today, like we went for a walk. Like it's not, it's not like that. You know, it's like the way that I see working out. Well, I used to see working out as like punishment for what I've eaten. And if I had pizza, I'm like, um, my literally thoughts, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Cause I've been through this, Debbie, Debbie, I've been through this. I get it. I'm like in your head. I know. Um, but it's like before I was like a chronic over exerciser. And if I like walked on the treadmill for like an hour or like I did a workout, I'm like, sweet. Now I can order pizza or now I can have a little bit more popcorn or now I can have the chocolate. Like I deserve it. 
And it's like, we really need to create that, again, that separation because like we get like working out to move our body, to feel good, to work on our mental health. Like working out is not just about calories burnt. I switched my focus from calories burnt to like, I'm working on my mental health. I'm clearing my mind. I'm making my body feel so good. You know, it's like the older you get, it's so interesting. I'm like, my freaking hip flexors, like I need to go for a walk because like my hip flexors, like I can't sit all day. Right. So it's just, it's just interesting. I'm definitely not old, but you know, the older you get, right. It's like aches and pains. And you're like, what is happening? Why do I have a hip problems? So this is, this is what I, what I want to say. So those are the three biggest mistakes that I wanted to talk about when it comes to your sugar foods. Do I need to stop fasting to stop binge eating? I think that would be a fantastic idea. Yes. Yep. Nobody should be fasting if they are struggling with binge eating. People think it's the opposite. I binge at night, so I have to tell myself that I can't eat after seven o'clock. That's what's going to literally mess with your head and create even more binges. You should not be fasting. If, if you guys are struggling with your relationship with food and binge eating, Absolutely not. Because if you think about it, when you are fasting, there's literally a period where you're not eating. And then that's not intuitive. Like, what if you tell yourself, I'm not going to eat after seven o'clock and then 730, you get hungry. It's, it's like, then you're not going to eat. It's going to create an intense urge. And then the next day, the urge only intensifies and then you just binge. So definitely, definitely, definitely like stop it. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is what I wanted to share with you guys today in terms of sugar foods. Now, before I wrap up, before I hop off this live, you guys see here, I have my signature group coaching program, the Ditch Decade Diets Academy. If you guys have been wanting personalized coaching, like what I did today is, is not even like close to what we do in the academy. Like if you thought this was personalized, like it's a whole next level inside of the academy where you actually come on Zoom with me. You're part of an amazing community of other women who get you. You learn my entire root and rewire process that helps you get to the root of your binge eating and how to actually rewire your brain out of this vicious cycle, out of the yo-yo diet binge cycle. We do things sustainably. If you're looking for a quick fix, I am not your person. If you want to sustainably stop your binge eating for good, I'm the coach for you. Two of you guys already jumped in today. I'm like so freaking excited. So if you are interested in more information, just go to the link in my bio, go to the link in my bio, or you can just message me on my Instagram. You can just say Academy and I'll send you all the details. Okay. So this is group coaching. It's personalized. Um, you are literally part of the most, you are part of the most incredible community. Every single person in there is so committed to healing their relationship with food. They are so supportive. You don't have to do this alone. Okay. So step-by-step, step, it's going to be incredible. Um, so yeah, Debbie, if you want more information, you can just DM me on Instagram right off right now. And then I'll, after the live stream, I'll get, I'll get back to you. Just DM me the word Academy. Okay. I'm celebrating Lisa who joined and, uh, Jen who joined today. I'm like so fired up. 
You guys are so amazing and I cannot wait to support you. Like it's just going to be amazing. So, so if you've been wanting to work with me, if you've been wanting to get some support, please message me and it would be an honor to support you guys. So thank you so much for being here. You guys are so incredible. I have no doubt with the proper plan, with a step-by-step -step process that you can absolutely conquer binge eating. So I can't wait to support you, Debbie. I can't wait to chat with you. I hope you guys have such an amazing rest of your day. You're welcome, Nora. Have a great rest of your night. Bye, guys.